Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. Welcome to day 12 of the Ramadan series on emotions. So today the emotion that we're going to be looking at, again from the book, Handbook of Spiritual Medicine, is fear of poverty. So, inna alhamdulillah na'hmiduhu wa nasta'inuhu wa nasta'gfiruhu wa na'udhu billahi min shururi anfusina wa min sayyati a'malina. Man yahdillahu falamudillahu wa man yudlil falahadiyalahu. Alhamdulillah, indeed all praise is due to Allah. We praise Him and seek His help and forgiveness. We seek refuge in Allah from our soul's evils and our wrongdoings. He whom Allah guides, no one can misguide. And he whom He must guide, no one can guide. Bismillah, so this is the 11th emotion. And as always, I'll read from the book first and then give my own reflections. So, Bismillah. Fear of poverty. When the heart is not correctly aligned to the decree of the Almighty, then dissatisfaction will always arise. Dislike of poverty can sit with a person when they are poor, but by far the more widespread disease is the fear of poverty when wealth is in place. The general characteristic of this fear is that one's cash, capital, estates, or resources will be destroyed or diminished, thus impacting on lifestyle and esteem. When this fear is placed in the heart of a person, the clinging greed intensifies and they redouble their efforts to accumulate more wealth. Without doubt, dissatisfaction with one's allotted promotion goes hand in hand without, with spending little or no time in worshipping Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala or performing genuine acts of charity. The pursuit of worldly riches and comforts becomes the surfer's goal in life. The Prophet wasallam said, Whoever makes the hereafter his goal, Allah will make his heart rich and organize his affair, and the world comes to him whether it wants it to or not. And whoever makes the world his goal, Allah puts his poverty right before his eyes and disorganizes his affairs. And the world does not come to him except what has been decreed for him. And some of the signs and symptoms of this fear of poverty, this emotion, is that you're preoccupied with loss of wealth. So you are so preoccupied with the fear of losing wealth and so you cling on to this money that you have and plus you're depriving the needy who need the money from it and in the same way that you're depriving those people from the money, you're also depriving yourself from the goodness that giving gives to you and the benefits that it will do, not only in this life, but in the hereafter, inshallah. And you compromise your religion, so you might delay in giving charity in order to achieve worldly gain, and this can often be from a fear of poverty or just being greedy. And so we don't know when our time of death is going to occur, we don't know how we're going to die, where we're going to die and so if we think that we can delay giving in charity delay giving zakat especially in ramadan when we're told to give money to do more good deeds we're focused so much on the worldly life that one day all that is going to go away when our soul leaves our body and so we shouldn't be fearing this poverty we shouldn't be thinking of having this greed when if it compromises our religion and our hereafter also, there's this constant worry, so you just think about all these concerns and problems which are controlling you, but none of them have actually materialized. So you might think about, like, in five years' time, if I give a third of my wealth now, in five years' time, I'm going to become poor or I'm going to become homeless. But these are worries that are in the future. And as we learned about in one of the previous episodes, if we open the doors of what if, if or if only, these are doors that open to the shaitan and show we should be just putting our trust in Allah and not 
having this constant worry of what if just give the money and let it be let it go and you might constantly worry about your estate or its potential losses and you feel like you might not even be enjoying your life because of how like clingy you are to this wealth and money and we have the hadith where the prophet said the likeness of the one who frees a slave or gives charity at the time of his death is that of the one who gives his food away only after he has eaten his fill so this is a type of charity it's likening it to something that's not something like so you eat your food and then you give away the rest after you've been full is the same as giving charity at the time of your death it just doesn't make sense we should be giving the charity when we're able to when we're fit when we're healthy and the last sign and symptom is keeping bad company so you keep the company of people of disobedience for fear of loss of wealth so you praise them you display pleasure for their condition so you're trying to seek some material benefit from them so this could be like a boss or a rich friend that you have you even though they're bad company you're keeping them because of the material wealth that they might possess now some treatments for this fear of poverty is simply having a good opinion of Allah. So you have this good, good opinion of Allah and you realize that Allah is the provider and source of wealth and comfort and you're content to do good, you're content in Allah's will and you just put your trust in Allah. Another thing is just trusting in Allah and severing hope in others. So you just put your absolute trust in Allah and you become independent to other things. And that even means becoming independent to money because without Allah there's no need for anything else so we should always just put our trust and independence in Allah and the rest will come inshallah and you also understand that your provision depends on Allah and so he's the one who's given it to us he can easily take it away from us so we should be worshipping him being grateful to him rather than worshipping the material things another thing is just to be content so just be content that you may have less than someone else but that's okay because that's what Allah has willed for you. And you understand that your share of this life, it has been preordained for you even before you were born. And so this is your sustenance that Allah has written for you. And what's more beautiful than realizing that this is what Allah has written for you. This was what Allah has predestined for you. And you remind yourself that knowledge is what the, is the true wealth. And nothing can be compared. If you have true knowledge, if you have belief, that's more important than just material wealth. Some other treatments are that you recognize and deflect whisperings. So you can sometimes hear the whisperings of, oh, the shaitan tries to attempt you to penny pinch or prevent you from giving generously, or you just try, so you should deflect those whisperings and realize that Allah is the one who provides and we have to remember that giving is beneficial and it's not something that we should be worried about and of course another treatment is to spend it on the poor and the needy so you remember that if you love for your others what you love for yourself that's a beautiful thing and that's what we should be doing because the prophet said love for others what you love for yourself you will be a true believer and so if we if we were in those people's shoes who might not have less than us we would love for other people to give us money sustenance and so we should think about that like we would love to be given money so why can't we give money to those who need it and then we have the seeking forgiveness abundantly so look at your own shortcomings your own misdeeds and ask Allah for some forgiveness and just repent and that should inshallah help you
And another thing is keeping transactions free from sin. So this one, especially if you live maybe in a Western country or even in the Arab world nowadays, it can be quite hard to have to spend without like interest or debt or loans and that sort of thing. It's hard to maybe spend as halal as we can be. And so we should learn to understand what is halal, what is haram, and make sure that our sustenance is both earned and also used in a halal manner. And we should just make sure that our transactions are all through, they follow the sunnah, the commands of Allah, so that we can always have the barakah, the blessing. <clears throat> and then we have the constantly worshipping and making dua to Allah. So just worshipping Him, remembering Him, trying to obey all His commandments and staying away from His prohibitions, making dua, and also establishing ties of kinship. So you realize the importance of showing relatives kindness, compassion, and mercy. And you make sure to keep an eye on them and check on them and ask if they need any money, any help, any if they need to be taken to the doctor, or just remain keeping kinships. And so we have the hadith where the Prophet said, Whoever is pleased to have his life extended, and that he be increased in his sustenance, and an evil death be averted from him, then let him be conscious of Allah, and let him fulfill the ties of kinship. So if we want to be increased in sustenance, if we want an evil death to be averted, we need to be mindful of Allah, have taqwa in Allah, but also fulfill our ties of kinship. So just visiting when we can, messaging if we're far away and can't visit. And then we have the hadith where the Prophet said, Indeed, dua is a be- of benefit for those things that have descended, and also for those things that have not yet descended. O servants of Allah, hold fast to dua. So we have blessings now, we have wealth and sustenance now, and we can make dua for that, but we can also make dua for those things that still haven't come down. So maybe one day you're going to wake up to a f- five figures in your bank account, and that could be from the dua that you made through the will of Allah. Inshallah. <laughs> Why not? And then one exception of this fear of poverty is the inability to support the needy. So there's some occasions that you might not be able to support or provide for the needy. So you should just remind yourself that you can, if it's not wealth that you can give them, maybe you can volunteer, give some of your time, even raising awareness or sharing charity pages that that friends can pay and fund. And there's other good deeds that fall within the category of sadaqah. So we have the Prophet ﷺ who said, Giving in charity is an obligation upon every Muslim. It was said to him, What about one who does not find the means to do so? He said, Let him work with his hands, thus doing benefit to himself, and give in charity. It was said to him, What if he does not have the means to do so? He said, Then let him assist the needy, the aggrieved. It was said, What about if he cannot even do this? He said, Then he should enjoin good. He was asked, What if he cannot do that? He said he should then abstain from evil, for verily that is a charity from him. So even if that's a bare minimum that you can do, that you can just stop yourself from committing any evil, that's a charity in itself, and may Allah accept. And we also have this beautiful hadith, actually. The Prophet ﷺ said, Take advantage of five matters before five other matters. Your youth before you become old. Your wealth before you fall sick. Your wealth before you become poor your free time before you become preoccupied, and your life before your death. So you have this wealth, might as well use it now before something happens in the future and you might become poor or just 
use it now in the present moment because you don't know if you're going to wake up tomorrow or not wake up tomorrow. So that was fear of poverty from the book. So how many of us have are afraid of poverty, afraid of losing our jobs, which are, can be our main source of income, not being able to pay our bills or sustain the lifestyle we have made for ourselves. And so this fear sometimes makes us stay in jobs that we otherwise wouldn't stay in. And this can be a disease at the heart, this fear of poverty, because it allows us to have this negative emotion, opinion of God. And this can be one of the devil's tactics to keep us so occupied with this fear of losing what wealth we have that we cling to this money that we have when we should just let go and simply give it for the sake of Allah. So some verses, we have Surah Al-Baqarah, verse 268. The devil threatens you with the prospect of poverty and bids you to the shameful deed of stinginess, while Allah promises you forgiveness and great bounties from him. And Allah is all-bountiful, all-knowing. So this is a just a reminder about how one of the things is the shaitan tries and threatens you with these thoughts of poverty and being stingy. But Allah promises us forgiveness and great bounties from him. So we should just hush those whispers and know that we have these great bounties from Allah. So if we give, inshallah, he will give us more. And if we even just give like one small thing that Allah can forgive us for this because we're not maybe able to give more, and inshallah will be rewarded for it still. Then we have Surah Al-Shu'ara, verse 27. Had Allah given abundant provisions to all his servants, they would have certainly transgressed throughout the land. But he sends down whatever he wills in perfect measure. He is truly all aware, all seeing of his servants. So again, a beautiful reminder, two names of Allah, Basir, Khabir, all aware, all seeing. So even though we might have this fear of poverty, we should remember that Allah is all aware, that Allah is all seeing. So he sees our struggles, he sees our worries, and we should just understand that he sends down whatever he wills in perfect measure. So should we, we should just have this trust in Allah that the wealth that we have right now, the sustenance, it is from Allah. And if we need more, he'll give us more in ways that we might not know or understand and we just need to trust in Allah and then we have from the end of surah, um, verse 2 from surah al-talaq to verse 3 وَمَنْ يَتَّقِ اللَّهُ يَجْعَلْ لَهُ مَخْرَجًا وَرِيَرْزَقُهُمْ مِنْ حَيْثُ لَا يَحْتَسَبْ وَمَنْ يَتَوَكَّلْ عَلَى اللَّهِ فَهُوَ حَسْبَهُ إِنَّ اللَّهَ بَارِغْ وَأَمْرِهِ قَدْ جَعَلَ اللَّهَ لِكُلِّ شَيْءٍ قَدَرًا and whoever is mindful of Allah he will make a way out for them and provide for them their, from sources they could never imagine. And whoever puts their trust in Allah, then he alone is sufficient for them. Certainly Allah achieves his will. Allah has already set a destiny for everything. So this destiny, what we have written for us, it's been set. And it should remind us that if we're mindful of Allah, if we're conscious of Allah, Allah will provide sources for us, from provide for us from sources that we could never even imagine. So... You might find just people giving you gifts in a way as a source of risk or just food. So you might not, so people bring you food or just any sort of source that you can't imagine. And that is how Allah can provide for you as well. So just put your trust in Allah. He is alone sufficient.
And then name of Allah, but also a verse is Ar-Razzaq. And this name is the one mentioned in the Quran in Al-Dhariyat, verses 56 to 57 to 58. And Allah I did not create jinn and humans except to worship me. I seek no provision from them, nor do I need them to feed me. Indeed, Allah alone is the supreme provider, Lord of all power, ever mighty. So, in the first verse that I recited, Allah is mentioning what our purpose is. Our duty in life is to worship God. And then after that, he follows it by reminding us that he is the provider. So we need to focus on the commandments of Allah, on obedience to Allah, on what we can do, and leave the rest to Ar-Razzaq, because he will provide for us as long as we fulfill our purpose, as long as we follow what Allah has decreed for us. So these verses should comfort us. Now for du'a, bismillah. اللهم إني أعوذ بك من الفقر والقلة والذلة وأعوذ بك من أن أظلم أو أظلم Oh Allah, I seek refuge in you from poverty, lack, and humiliation and I seek refuge in you lest I cause or suffer wrong اللهم إني أسألك علما نافعا ورزقا طيبا وعملا متقبلا Oh Allah, indeed I ask you for beneficial knowledge and a good halal provision in actions which are accepted Oh Allah, you are Razak, the provider. So provide for us from sources that we will we can only imagine. Ya Allah, if we see someone in need, allow us to not be stingy. Allow us not to not cling to our money. Allow us to give to those who need with no fear of poverty because you alone are Razak, the provider. Allow us to remember this. Allow us to hush the whispers of the shaitan who tell us to just keep hold of that money. Allow us to not be of those people, Ya Allah. Allow us to give give and give with no fear. Ameen. Anything I said, as always, is a reminder to myself, first and foremost, anything incorrect is for myself, and all good is from Allah, so forgive me for my shortcomings. Subhanakallahumma bihamdika, shadu anna la ilaha illa ant, astaghfiruka wa atubu ilayk. Glories to you, Allah, and praises to you. I bear witness that there is none worthy of worship but you. I seek your forgiveness and repent to you. Um, I pray that Allah blesses your fasting for today and provides for you sustenance from places that you can only imagine and even beyond your imagination. May Allah accept our fast and continue to give us the ability to fast and grant us the sustenance, halal sustenance, to be able to give to those who need and to use that sustenance for the greater good. Ameen. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu.